I am the Oracle 007, and yes, I do approve this message. Therefore, I'd like to ask you to like, comment, and subscribe to our channel that is dedicated to the truth. So, okay, y'all, come on, let's get into this. Greetings, family. In today's lesson, we are going to go over Tobit 413 and why it is important to secure the daughters of your brethren in order to protect the true seed. So we're going to get into this after these messages. Copyright disclaimer under section 107 of the Copyright Act 1976. Copyright Disclaimer under Section 107 of the Copyright Act 1976, allowance is made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, and research. Fair use is a use permitted by copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing. Nonprofit, educational, or personal use tips the balance in favor of fair use. All right, family. Now, before we go into this episode, I'd like to announce some lighthouse keeping. I'm including some YouTube video pick recommendations that I've personally found to be very interesting, and I believe that you will too. Now, additionally, I've also included some educational references to help build our collection. They are often available in news stories, documentaries, hardbacks, or audiobooks that I absolutely love where you can listen while you work. And I believe that these things will continue to pique your interest. Now, let's be very honest yet mindful in the comment section, especially due to the fact that channels are being monitored. Unless I tell you your comment was crass and that it's going to be removed, more than likely, YouTube is removing it. And additionally, information shared here can also be found on the I Am The Oracle 007 podcast on Spotify and Odyssey, through Linktree, which provides access to most of our avenue connections on social media. So let's get started, shall we? All right, family, I'm going to try to give you everything within this five-minute news break that I found interesting during this week. So USA Today reported that Jason Walker, who was the black man that was shot by an off-duty officer, Aside from that officer claiming that this gentleman had just run across a four-lane highway for no reason and just slammed into his truck head-on, uh, where he in turn decided he was going to jump out and shoot that man purportedly in protection of his family, uh, that officer's name has just been revealed. As you noticed, that they, they would not do it previously, but his name has been reported now as Lieutenant Jeffrey Hash. Let us keep our eyes on this with hopes of justice on behalf of the Walker family. Um, this gentleman sounded like he was very much committed to his community. So I don't want this thing to fall by the wayside. Let's stay in prayer for him and his family. Also, when I heard this story, I was in disbelief because I couldn't believe somebody was doing it. But all I could think about was the fact that China had experienced so many, so many floods within the last year. And you can imagine the immense amount of destruction that had gone on that they decided to do this. So I heard that China was building an artificial moon. Now, further research stated, just as I suspected, China was building an artificial moon research facility in order to prevent gravitational pull. Well, now you definitely want to know what does the gravitational pull have to do with it? And many of us can remember from being in school, learning about science, some of these very things I'm about to tell you. Now, according to HurricaneDamage.com, the answer was the moon is largely responsible for the Earth's tides. And a full moon can effectively amplify the storm surge and waves that accompany a hurricane. The moon's gravitational pull is the cause of everyday high and low tides. And as a result, high tides will exceed known flooding thresholds around the country more often. The floods will also occur in clusters, which could last a month or longer at a time, depending on the position of the moon, the sun, and the earth. Amazingly, uh, I had seen a video where there had been a 
a flood somewhere and these kids were laying or sleeping in these little blow up pools while the family was just kind of seated around in this dirty murky water and all i kept thinking about was snakes and other animals that could possibly be in their house living in the water that they don't even know about trying to protect themselves it's just nerve-wracking now sciencing.com stated that the moon's gravitational pull is strongest at the sublunar point that is known as perigree. And that is the point where the earth and the moon is directly overhead. Again, I believe we know many of our take on it that a lot of us are seeing quite an immense judgment that is taking place on the earth as spoken about in the scriptures. And finally, this story is another one that takes the cake. So this was reported by KGUN9 in uh, Tucson. So a Tucson police reported that a 13-year-old boy stabbed his mother to death, admitted to attacking her in a fight over videos. So in a Rita Ranch neighborhood at about 9 p.m. Tuesday, a woman ran up to her neighbor, bleeding from the cuts on her throats. And her name was Mary Ainu. And she stated that her 13-year-old son, Isaiah, had attacked her. It says that officers found him not far from his house, and he told them, yes, he'd argue with his mother about video games, and then he went to the kitchen and got a butcher knife and sharpened it. Can you imagine saying something like that to a police officer like your mother is coming back or, you know, one of those little boxing clown things? She's never coming back. He told the police he found her in the living room. He hit her in the head with a five-pound exercise weight and stabbed her eight or nine times as she tried to escape. Where do these thoughts come from? Unfortunately, this young lady passed away at St. Joseph's Hospital about three and a half hours after this attack had begun. This is about our five-minute uh, news break, and I'm going to come back with the lesson after a few more notes. Stay tuned. Okay, family, before we go into the lesson, I want to give you my YouTube recommendations for the week along with the educational and entertainment segment. So my YouTube recommendations for this week are Kjuda Show, CUC Folk, the Cleanup Crew channels, please check out, where Paul did not teach that the law was done away with. This is exciting information that brings clarity with regards with regard to Paul's actual message, especially when you hear Christianity, Christianity teach opposite of what this is. Also, we have FOPE, where One West initially taught that Israel is all Negroes. This lesson was very eye-opening. The introduction was, it just pulled at your heartstrings. However, when we arrived to about an hour and 45 minutes, the shenanigans that begin to set in, if nothing else, starts to open your eyes on why in grafting in others, not by your strength, but just because you want to, to just pull people in is a problem. You begin to see it in this video and you begin to hear it. Inclusive of the children that are calling in, you know, the ones that they are saying are too sensitive to actually be taught the CRT. Well, the things that they've been taught in their home to bully, you start to hear it live and in person right here. Okay, so please tune into this one. Very informational. Behind the Veil, Episode 11, Brother Bazaliel gives a hilarious but in-depth history lesson on the history of white men. So please check it out if you hadn't done so already. And finally, our sister uh, redirecting Deborah and the Watchmen. This is a devastating flood that has hit France and she's going over this information where rivers are overflowing. And for those of you who may or may not be familiar with it, we know that that entire area, it's almost like built in the water. Okay. So to see these people trying to get where they need to get and the water is extremely high tide, you can't even drive through this. Again, you begin to see that judgment is upon the earth. Now, with regard to our educational and entertainment references, I think you're going to love this. 
already heard uh, from one report where this book is nothing but fire. I haven't gotten it yet, but I have every intention on doing so. So Sister Eve ate the fruit of lies, put us up on quite a bit of game, more than we'd already known as it pertained to this particular book, the interracial con game. I believe this book was probably had probably come out in 2011, but I think it's going to be an excellent read for so many of us. Unfortunately, it is not available on audiobooks, but it is available on Kindle for $3.99 and I believe $16 and some change for uh, from Amazon and paperback. So uh, this book speaks about the reality, the trash talk TVs to show the sensationalized black relationships, how blacks are bombarded with a daily barrage of negative and false information about black on black love on the heels of this black love is bad, you know, campaign that they have. The news comes mainstream and the media's manufactured cure for black relationship woes is interracial relationships with whites so we need to understand what is the real agenda behind the promotion of interracial relationships and why are black males and females the main target and finally i revisited uh, a an oscar winner here uh, after a talk spiritually, our talents, the beauty, the laughter, the food and hair naturally sparked a conversation in our CUC chat this week. And that's when I saw the beautiful gloriousness of our sisters and brothers in their photographs, each one individually beautiful in their own way. Uh, I, I was so enamored and I had to return to visit this Oscar winning short with Sony pictures that had already had over 87 million views please check out hair love all of this information will be listed in the description box and i pray that you enjoy it but please i don't believe that that little short is too long but i do believe you will enjoy it and now let's get ready for this lesson let's go in shall we Hey family, we've made it to the lesson. You know, one of the things that just encouraged me um, when I had started studying Tobit was the fact that he was, for someone who believed that death was upon him because he found himself to be a burden to his family, he was hell bent on making sure that his son brought home the right woman and the right woman was a woman that was from his people it was very necessary to have a pure bloodline and it was very necessary to make sure that whatever inheritance that was to be passed down was going toward that bloodline today i guess in the world that we're seeing now with so much race mixing and etc and all caution is being thrown to the wind we don't see that as much so I just thought that this was a very important lesson to kind of just, you know, keep on pushing because again, we're taught so much foolishness through some of the camps that we were hearing from where women are of no importance and you really don't have anything to do in the kingdom and you are nobody, but it appears that to the most high, you are somebody because the person or the spirit who would have set everything up the way it is, just like the book that he had given when they'd begun the kingdoms, all of this would have been him. Everything would have been to emulate how he does things. And he doesn't just toss his seed uh, waywardly. The Most High is very careful, committed, distinct, and very you know, just specific with how he wants things done because he knows why. And when we look at it, it's always the best way to do everything. So I went back to Tobit 3 where, you know, at the very end or throughout this message where you see Tovit or Toviyahu, he was praying for death to bring it upon him. And he, because I could see that he believed himself to be a burden to his wife and his son, but he didn't want to die leaving his family without. 
oh my goodness, talk about honorable y'all, okay? He didn't want to do that. While he knew he was praying for it and he believed he was going to get what he was praying for, he did not want them to be without. So the Most High brings back to mind a remembrance of some funds that he had left with someone in another city. I just think that that's beautiful because so many of us are winding up in so many disparaging places of poverty for not caring or not leaving our families behind anything. And I just think that that's so beautiful. Now, at the same time, Sarah or Sarah, who is Tovayahu's kindred, she is being tortured by her father's maidens. And because she had already lost seven husbands prior to even laying with them by the hands of a demon, that's Asmodeus. And we remember from our last study that Asmodeus is supposed to be the demon of lust. Okay. She doesn't want to die and leave her father of whom she is the only child grieving. But she also prays because it's too much for her to have to deal with and dealing with whatever it is that they are telling her and saying to her. So they both prayed for death and they were both honorable in the fact that they considered others in their lives prayers. And I love the fact again, because Tobit believes he's going to die. He remembers that money and he shares this information with his son and gives him a set of rules and guidelines with him in this life concerning his mother, alms, whoredom, and loving his people. And I'm going to repeat that again. He gave him a set of rules and guides from what I was able to determine from what I read concerning his mother, alms giving, whoredom, and loving his people. So in Tobit 4.12, he mentioned Noah, Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov specifically as it pertained to the women that they chose. And I need to say something before I go any further on this. For the camps and the brute beasts who tell women that they are nothing in the kingdom, I want to point out the beauty of the love that went on between Abraham and Sarah. Because if you look at it, this was actually um, the founding father of what so many people would say was the religion that is not it is actually a bloodline so i think it's very necessary that we bring this information to light women you mean a lot to the most high and you mean a lot to these men because they cannot produce you on their own they need you in order to produce you and more like you Okay, <sighs> Sarah or Sarah was a blessing in Abraham's life. If you've heard me read this before, she warranted him much wealth. And also he was made a king be simply because of her beauty. There were things that he had done, but her beauty warranted it twice over, if not more. And in her death, this is what he did, okay? He purchased land for him and his seed to be buried. You see that? Well, you will now even be taken care of even after you leave the face of the earth. So when men are bragging about seven women to one man, make sure everything is taken care of for you, darling. This does not make you a gold digger. Sarah had her own tent and she had her own servant. You'll find that out later. Now, in her death in Jasher 24, 12 through 17, I'm going to read this because she warranted the treatment even in her death as if she were a king. Okay. And it said, and after this, and this is verse 12, Abraham buried his woman Sarah there. And that place and all its boundaries became Abraham unto his seed for a possession of a burial place. And Abraham buried Sarah with pomp as observed at the internment of kings. I'm going to repeat that. And I, I want to say this just so that the um, brute beast in the back hear this. Abraham buried Sarah with pomp 
as observed at the internment of kings. And she was buried in very fine and beautiful garments. Did y'all hear that? And at her coffin was Shem. So that would be the great grandfather Shem, the Shemites that we are supposed to be. His sons, Eber and Avimelech, together with Anar, Ashkol, and Mamre, and all the grandees of the land followed her coffin. I'm going to say that part again too. All the grandees of the land followed her coffin. And the days of Sarah were 127 years and she died. And Abraham made a great and heavy mourning. He performed the rites of mourning for seven days. And all the inhabitants of the land comforted Abraham and Yitzhak, his son, on account of Sarah. Okay. And when the days of their mourning passed, Abraham sent away his son Yitzhak. And he went to the house of Shem and Eber to do what? To learn the ways of Yahuwah and his instructions. And Abraham remained there three years. And at that time, Abraham rose up with all his servants and they went and returned homeward to Beersheba. And Abraham and all his servants remained in Beersheba. Okay, again, ladies, don't ever forget, he did this in her death, and he had done wonderful for her in her life as well, as she had done him. This is a reciprocal relationship, all right? So don't ever let anybody tell you you are nobody. Don't ever let anybody tell you that you have no worth in the kingdom, okay? We have hands, we have spirits, and he speaks to us. The Most High speaks to us as well as it pertains to our family. So I just want to share that piece of information. And then we're going to get just into a little bit more as it pertains to Tobit and these wise decisions that he's made and what it all rendered. All right, I'll be back in just one moment. Welcome back. Okay, I wanted to go over this particular portion with Tobit because as I mentioned previously, he made a note to his son and brought up these four elements that he was to be wise to. And he told him things concerning his mother and his death, how to treat his mother, concerning almsgiving, uh, to stay away from whoredom, and loving his people. So let's go into Tobit 4. All right. And we're going to actually start here where we're in verse 4. Oh, let's go a little further where we're in verse 3. He calls him to tell him about the money that he has in another city. But when he called him, he said, my son, when I am dead, bury me and despise not your mother. What are we hearing now? What are we hearing when we have young men despising even a single mother and some of them, a lot of them, their own mothers, matricide, okay? He said, my son, when I am dead, bury me and despise not your mother, but honor her all the days of your life and do that which shall please her and grieve her not. Strict instructions. Okay. Remember, my son, that she saw many dangers for you when you were in her womb and when she is dead, bury her by me in one grave. Oh, my goodness. When the, when the love is just that strong, we got to be buried together. That's deep to me, okay? Beautiful. And they shared, if you recall from us reading before, when she brought the kid home, because people remembered all of his alms and giving and his blessings, and they blessed her to bless him. And he never foresaw that. And I'm hoping that this is not one of those opportunities that where he's just being prideful 
because the the word remained in him strong when her uh when she went out to go do women's work because he couldn't work anymore that's a reciprocal relationship not just you having seven women you have a harem you get to sleep with everybody and then they get to go out and work and then what are you doing absolutely nada okay so this is a beautiful thing that they're talking about right here he's telling him to respect his mother and when she's gone from this world you bury her right next to me in one grave and he says and my son be mindful and this is in verse 5 of adonai elohinu all your days and let not your will be set to sin or to transgress his commandment lord and mercy let not your will be set to sin why because we all realize that we have our own will right if you don't know by now, this is why it's like choosy this day who you will serve. You know, you have a will to do whether you're going to serve him or serve mammon. He's telling his son, don't let his will be set to sin. Okay. Many of us, uh, I've seen many people in the camps. I can even distinctly remember one guy saying that he calls his wife a b-i-t-c-h until she thinks that's her name and then he says he says it in front of her son his son so that his son knows that he says that your mom is a biatch that's what he says to his son now is this a righteous teaching absolutely not but this is a beautiful thing because at this time i am certain that tovit Toviyahu, the child, the, the son, is probably in his 30s right now. Okay. Verse 5, be mindful of Adonai Elohinu all your days and let not your will be set to sin or to transgress his commandments. Do uprightly all your life long and follow not the ways of unrighteousness like we see so many doing and to the point where many of us are becoming confused and sucked into these shenanigans for if you deal truly your dealings i'm sorry your doings shall prosperously succeed to you okay let's say that again if you deal truly your doing shall prosperously succeed to you and to all them that live justly give alms of your substance and when you give alms let not your eye be envious neither turn your face from any poor and the face of elohim shall not be turned away from you don't do it you know when you see them standing outside at your window like we do out here when you get off that freeway and they're standing right there if you got something give it to them now, I have been known where some of them just get on my nerve because I have seen them in a previous day where they look like they have more money than you when they pulled it out that pocket. But, you know, if you have an abundance, give alms accordingly. If you have but a little, be not afraid to give according to that little. For you lay up a good treasure for yourself against the day of necessity. So if you're sitting here, you're not working, you're not doing anything. I'm trying to understand what do you have to give? Are you even giving anything if you're sucking the lives out of your seven purported women that you are told that you are supposed to have and make yourself a paradise? I think not. But let's get back into this. And he goes in, because the alms do deliver from death. Let me repeat that. Say that again oracle because that alms do deliver from death and suffers not to come into darkness let us remember that okay because this man was praying for death in chapter three alongside of the young woman and neither one of them knew what the other one was praying and what does it says the prayers of them were both heard before the majesty and i'm in chapter 3 back going back here chapter 3 verse 16. so the prayers of them both were heard before the majesty of the great elohim and raphael the angel do it now was sent to heal them 
both. That is to scale away the whiteness of Tovayahu's eyes and to give Sarah, the daughter of Reuel, for a woman to Tovayahu, the son of Tovayahu, and to bind Asmodeus, the evil Ruach, because she belonged to Tovayahu by right of inheritance. Isn't that beautiful? So he's saying that alms do deliver from death. And here it is as he's praying for death. If we go back into what we were reading in chapter three, we see that Raphael was sent to deliver them, not only deliver both of them, but he's also going to bind that evil Ruach. Okay. Alms is a good gift. Oh, wait a minute. Let me go back to verse 10. Because alms do deliver from death and suffers not to come into darkness. For alms is a good gift unto all that give it sight of El Elyon. Beware of all whoredom, my son. Okay, now we're getting into whoredom. We done talked about his mother. And now we're getting into this whoredom. Beware of all whoredom my son not just not just any you know particular type he said beware of it all beware of all whoredom my son and chiefly take a woman of the seed of your fathers take not a strange woman to be your woman which is not of your father's tribe why why was this so important when so many of us are out here teaching we're on youtube right in front of the camera and we're thinking that it's okay we should have strange women that stuff is over and done that was then this is now no 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 take not a strange woman to be your woman which is not of your father's tribe for we are the children of the prophets noah avraham yitzhak and your cove you want to call yourself a jacobite remember these things you are the children of the prophets and this is why strange women should not be brought in to your harem okay all right be back in a minute I love this. I love this. I love this. I wanted to go back into verse 12 that we were reading, 412. Beware of all whoredom, my son, and chiefly take a woman of the seed of your fathers. Take not a strange woman to be your woman, which is not of your father's tribe. These things were extremely important. I don't know how it's okay that we got away from it, but it's not. For we are the children of the prophets, Noah, Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Remember, my son, that our fathers from the beginning, even that they all married women of their own kindred. Why was this important? Why was this important? And they were blessed in their children. And their seed shall inherit the land. Nobody else's seed. Nobody else can just go into the congregation and nobody else's seed was set to inherit the land, but this seed. <clears throat> How do we expect to take the seed? How do we expect to inherit the land, but think it's okay that we just go ahead and in our own rights bring in whoever we want to who told you to do that where is that located in the scriptures please give me that information if you have that please put it down in the comment section i'm very interested in reading it okay because it's completely out of line and if that's the fact then the great return that you are waiting on even while you're seeing what you're seeing happening as the judgment has fallen upon the earth don't expect to see it because you're going to go from this realm back into this realm for what you are doing okay 
he said to chiefly take a woman of the seed of your fathers and not a strange woman to be your woman which is not of your father's tribe for we are the children of the prophets didn't say the men or you know just the children of the prophets collectively the men and the women of the prophets noah abraham yitzhak and yakov remember my son that our fathers from the beginning even that they all married women of their own kindred and were blessed in their children and their seed shall inherit the earth now therefore my son love your brethren because we brought up what that we were going to do we got the mother that he wanted to make sure that he was treating right to give alms he wanted to make sure that we didn't give way to whoredom and now we are in this place where you are to love your brethren now therefore my son love your brethren despise not in your heart your brethren the sons and daughters of your people and not taking a woman of them for in pride this is what you're facing right now all of these things have fallen upon us because of this because you you this is what you wanted for in pride is destruction and much trouble and in lewdness remember Asmodeus is the demon of lust so it's amazing that he's sitting here residing with these people killing off these this girl's husbands even though she is actually an inheritance for Toviyahu. it says in pride is destruction and much trouble and in lewdness is decay and great want for lewdness is the mother of famine are we wondering why so many of us and mainly black men are not working they're saying that it's causing the government or costing the government 50 million dollars okay even though you're not hiring them but and i'm not saying all of these men are doing this that they are not a part of a black family but let's look at it okay when he's sitting up here saying despise not in your heart the brethren the sons and daughters of your people and not taking a woman from them remember how wilt chamberlain chamberlain talked about black women not being good enough he couldn't bring black women anywhere because he had just reached the pinnacle of success but i don't even think he ever married so he didn't even marry the women that were his preferences so so what he would have probably still been here today okay you, he, you despising your brethren the sons and daughters of your people not take for for pride in, and then uh i'm sorry not taking a woman of them and it says you're not doing that because it's pride and pride is destruction and much trouble and in lewdness is decay and great want look what's happened to the black or hebrew community what do you see upon it lewdness is the mother of famine Whew. let not the wages of any man which has wrought for you tarry with you but give it to him out of hand don't cheat anybody i should have added that in there don't be cheating people for if you serve elohim he will also repay you be circumspect my son in all things that you do and when be wise in all your conversation do that to no man which you hate drink not wine to make yourself drunken let drunkenness let or neither let drunkenness go with you in your journey give of your bread to the hungry and of your garments to them that are naked according to your abundance give alms and let not your eye be envious when you give alms isn't that something because again what does alms do according to him in verse 10 alms do deliver from death what was he praying for in chapter 3 he's praying for death okay and because he was praying for death what in turn is happening because of all the alms because of all that he's done and being righteous even the very beginning of the story when you're reading it where he is sitting here saying that 
he decided not to do like his brethren and he actually decided to follow the ways of the most high not eating the bread of his captors okay what in turn happens all of these things turn out for his good so it is a beautiful thing i'm absolutely loving this <clears throat> i want to go to jasher 24 36. In Jasher 2436, we are back into this place where we've got to be mindful about the women that we are marrying. Now, in this story, Eleazar has been told by Abraham, like, don't bring my son back this way again. <laughs> Do not allow him to marry the strange Canaanite women. Okay. And what Elo, I'm sorry. Eleazar had done was set out on a journey because at this time Abraham is old in age now he doesn't know if he's going to make it I guess to see his son married he's telling Eleazar please go get a woman woman from my people and here in verse 36 Eleazar Abraham's servant prayed and said O Elohim of Abraham my master send me I pray you good speed this day and show kindness unto my master that you shall appoint this day a woman for my master's son from his family. And Yahuwah hearkened to the voice of Eleazar. Wow. And that's the servant. Okay. He hearkened to the voice of Eleazar for the sake of his servant, Abraham. And he happened to meet with the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the woman of Nacor, the brother to Abraham. So this is. Abraham's brother, Nicor's child. Okay. And Eleazar came to her house and Eleazar related to them with all his concerns that he was Abraham's servant and they greatly rejoiced at him. Isn't that wonderful? They greatly rejoiced at him and they all blessed Yahuwah who had brought this thing about and they gave him Rebecca, the daughter of Bethuel, a woman for Yitzhak. The young woman was of very comely appearance. She was a virgin. And listen to this. Rivka or Rebecca was 10 years old in that day. Yep. Let's get into that. I cannot tell you or begin to tell you how I felt when I read that Rebecca was 10 years old in those days. And then it goes further and says, and Bethuel and Laban and his children made a feast on that night and Eleazar and his men came in and drank and rejoiced there on that night. Eleazar rose up in the morning and he and the men that were with him and he called to the whole household of Bethuel saying, send me away that I may go to my master. And they rose up and they sent Rebecca and her nurse, Deborah, and the daughter, I'm sorry, the daughter of Uts, and they gave her silver and gold, men servants, maid servants, and they blessed her. These men were equally blessed. The, the brother and the brother that was coming for the wife, who also came, Eleazar came bearing gifts for Rebecca and the family. Okay. They gave her silver and gold. And they sent Eleazar away with his men and the servants took Rebecca and he went and returned to his master to the land of Canaan. And Yitzhak took Rebecca and she became his woman. And he brought her into the tent. And Yitzhak was 40 years old when he took Rebekah, the daughter of his uncle, Bethuel, for a woman. I had to look at it like this. This was a means of keeping the seed pure. This was the daughter of his brother. 
and this is how it had to be done. This is not what we are talking about today when we hear uh, someone like, I'm thinking his name is Sakari, and this is only me through um, ear hustling or just hearing this, you know, secondhand hearing, okay? where you're saying it's okay to marry a nine-year-old there are many of us throughout the earth now he can marry his own because i i question actually who he is but what i am saying is it is not necessary to do now there are many men and women throughout this earth we do not need to marry children but at that time only at that time that was the daughter and because Eleazar's prayer was so specific, she followed everything within that prayer. He didn't manipulate a circumstance. He didn't make a circumstance. He prayed a specific prayer and everything in that prayer was followed up. Now, it could be a little disturbing reading that and maybe even triggering especially you know for many of us just being familiar of so many sad stories in this day but there's no reason for any one of us to do that in this day so i actually wanted to make sure that i at least checked another source to make sure that i was reading this properly uh to to just make sure that this by some chance was actually a uh a typo of some sort or either they put that in on purpose to confuse us. Okay. So I went to Genesis 24, 40 to see what information I could gather with concern to Rebecca. Okay. Again, Eleazar's prayer was very distinct as it pertained to obtaining a specific woman for the son of his master, Abraham. And here in 40, he said, and he said unto me, Yahuwah, before whom I walk, will send this, will send his angel with you and prosper your way. And you shall take a woman for my son of my kindred and of my father's house. Then shall you be clear from this, my oath, when you come to my kindred. And if they give you not one, you shall be clear from my oath. And I came this day unto the well and said, O Yahuwah Elohai of my master Abraham, if now you do prosper my way, which I go, behold, I will stand by the well of water and it shall come to pass that when a virgin comes forth to draw water and I shall say, give me pray. I pray you a little water of your pitcher to drink. She will say to me, both drink you, and I'll also draw for your camels. Let the same be the woman for whom Yahuwah has appointed out for my master's son. And before I had done speaking in my heart, behold, Rebekah came forth with her pitcher on her shoulder. She went down unto the well and drew water. And I said to her, let me drink, I pray you. And she made haste and said, and let down her picture, pitcher from her shoulder and said, drink, and I'll give your camels a drink also. So I drank and she made the camels drink also. And I asked her and said, whose daughter are you? And she said, the daughter of Beth Bethuel, Nacor's son, whom Milcah bore unto him. And I put earrings upon her face and the bracelet upon her hands. And I bowed down my head and worshiped Yahuwah and blessed Yahuwah Elohai of the ma of my master Abraham, which he had led me in the right way to make my ma to meet my master's brother and unto his son. And now, if you will deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me. If not, tell me that I may turn to the right hand or to the left. And Levon and Bethuel answered and said, "The thing proceeds from Yahuwah that we cannot speak unto you good or bad." Behold, Rebekah is before you. Take her, go, and let her be your master's son's woman. And Yahuwah has spoken, and it came to pass. And when Abraham's servant heard the words, he worshipped Yahuwah, bowing himself to the earth. And the servant brought forth jewels of silver, jewels of gold, and raiment, and gave them to Rebekah. 
He gave also to her brother and to her mother precious things. They did eat and drink, and he and the men that were with him, and tarried all night. They rose up in the morning. He said, Send me away unto my master. And her brother and her mother said, Let the damsel abide with us a few days, at least ten. After that, she can go. And he said unto him, Unto them, Hinder me not, seeing Yahuwah has prospered my way, and send me away that I may go to my master. And they said, We will call the damsel. This was brilliant. I love this. And inquire at her mouth. And they called Rebekah and said unto her, Will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. And they sent away Rebekah, their sister, and her nurse. So this is twice I've read that she's had a nurse. So yes, this is not a handmaiden. This is a nurse. Okay. And Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said to her, You are a sister. Be the mother of thousands, of millions. Let your seed possess the gate of those which hate them. Oh my goodness, I'm going to cry. Okay. They're talking to her to let her seed, okay, the seed that's fertilized by sperm. Okay. And I love that right there. Let your seed possess the gate of those which hate them. Rebecca rose and her damsels and they rode the camels and the servants took Rebecca and went his way and listen now it says Yitzhak came from the way of the well Bir Lachiroi which he dwelt in that country of the Negev and Yitzhak went out to meditate in the field in the evening and he lifted up his eyes and saw and behold the camels were coming and Rebecca lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Yitzhak, she lighted off the camel, for she had said unto the servant, What man is this that walks in the field to meet us? She sounds very mature. And the servant had said, It is my master. Therefore, listen to what she does. This is a 10-year-old, right? This is a different time, and we're taught differently. She took a veil and covered herself and the servant told Yitzhak all things that he had done and Yitzhak brought her into remember I said Sarah had her own tents and stuff he brought her into his mother Sarah's tent and took Rebecca and she became his woman and he loved her and Yitzhak was comforted after his mother's death mm. It was important to keep the seed pure. I'll be right back. I know I've said a lot about the importance that was placed from the children of the prophets to ensure that these brothers married the right women, which were the women of their inheritance, which were the women of their brethren. Now, let's talk about the dangers of marrying the wrong woman. Amazingly, I've noted in this study how important it was for the children of the prophet, the actual ones that had the promise to ensure that they married the right women. Those who were the children of the promise, which would have been Isaac, Jacob, Abraham, Noah, they had to marry the right women. But let's go into the children that were not the promise and also how the families felt about the women, the strange women that were married into the family. Okay, so one that was not the promise. I have got to get into this because I was just amazed. And this is going to be um, Jasher 21, 31. Abraham at this time has told Sarah he hadn't seen his son Ishmael in a long time. So he was going to go and visit him. 
because apparently Yishmael wasn't coming to see him. So here we noted that Abraham arrives at this tent. And calls out to this woman who is Yishmael's woman. This is his wife. Okay. Sarah has already given him instructions to not get off his tent, off his camel, period. So he's still up there on the camel. He has to call out to this woman. And Abraham said to Yishmael's woman, my daughter, give me a little water that I may drink, for I am fatigued from the journey. And Yishmael's woman answered and said to Abraham, we have neither water nor bread. And she continued sitting in the tent and did not notice Abraham. Neither did she ask him who he was, but she was beating her children in the tent. She was cursing them. And she also cursed her man, Yishmael, and reproached him. And Abraham heard the words of Yishmael's woman to her children, and he was very angry and displeased. Abraham called to the woman to come out to him from the tent, and the woman came and stood opposite of Abraham. For Abraham was still mounted upon the camel, and Abraham said to Yishmael's woman, When your man, Yishmael, returns home, say these words to him. A very old man from the land of Pelishtim came hither to seek you, and thus was his appearance and figure. I did not ask him who he was, and seeing you were not here, he spoke unto me and said, When Yishmael, your man, returns to him, tell him that this is what this man said. And when you come home, put away the nail of this tent, which you have placed here, and place another nail in its stead. And Abraham finished his instruction to the woman, and he returned and went off on the camel homeward. After that, Yishmael came from the chase, he and his mother, and returned to the tent. And his mother spoke these words, and I'm sorry, his woman spoke these words to him. A very old man from the land of Peleshedim came to seek you, and thus was his appearance and figure. I did not ask him who he was, and seeing you were not at home, he said to me, When your man comes home, thus says the old man, put away the nail of the tent which you have placed here, and place another nail in its stead. And Yishmael heard the words of his woman, and he knew that it was his father, and that his woman did not honor him. And Yishmael understood his father's words that he had spoken to his woman. And Yishmael hearkened to the voice of his father, and Yishmael cast off that woman, and she went away. Yishmael afterward went to the land of Canaan. Okay, like why? But again, he is not the child of the promise. Okay. He went to the land of Canaan and took another woman and he brought her to his tent, the place where he then dwelt. Amazing. But do you see the difference here and what's happening when he has to obtain a promised woman for that promised son, which was Isaac or Yitzhak? Isn't that amazing how different that is? Let's go to Genesis 26, 34. <clears throat> We're talking about Esau now. Now Esau was 40 years old when he took to be his woman, Yehudith, the daughter of Berei, the Chittai, okay? And Bosmeth, the daughter of Elion, the Chittai. Okay, it's my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, that these are like, uh, I'm thinking like Italians, so Chittimites or whatever, which were a grief of the mind unto Yitzhak and Rivka. Did you see this? They were a grief of mind unto Isaac and Rebekah. <laughs> this is the problem not only they're living with him we don't i don't know if he's ever not happy about it or anything but it grieved isaac and rebecca that these two women were here 
And so let's go now to Genesis. That was Genesis 26, 34 about Esau's wives. So this is why I have said previously, if you are willing to just throw away your inheritance, which is the women of the brethren, what makes you any different from Esau? I said that in that last lesson. Okay. So let's go to Genesis 27, 41. Now we know that Jacob or Jacob has now taken the full blessing. And it said here that Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father are at hand and I will slay my brother Jacob. And these words of Esau, her elder, her elder son, were told to Rebekah. And she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau, as touching you, comforts himself, purposing to kill you. Now, therefore, my son, <clears throat> obey my voice and arise. Flee to Levon. Remember, that was her brother. Flee to Levon, my brother, to Haran. Tarry with him a few days until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you, and he forget what you have done to him. Then I will send and fetch you from thence. Should I, why should I be deprived of also you both in one day? And Rebekah said to Yitzhak, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Cheth, talking about Esau's two women. If Yaakov takes a woman of the daughters of Cheth, such as these, which are the daughters of the land, what good shall my life do me? It's like her life is just worthless. That's how I feel. You bring home these strange women to your mother. You can't use her comb, but you bring her home anyway. It's like, what was the purpose? It's like, you are showing me who I am not in your eyes. Tell me the truth. Like what's happening? Why would you do something like this? Okay, that was serious for her. And even to the point where Yitzhak, who his favorite son was uh, Esau, he calls Yaakov to bless him and charged him and told him, do not take a woman of the daughters of Canaan. And this is in chapter 28, verse one. Do not take one of these women. Arise and go to Padan Aram, the house of Bethuel, where he got his woman from, okay, his wife, the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take you a woman from thence of the daughters of Levon and your mother's brother, El Shaddai, bless you and make you fruitful, multiply you that you may be a multitude of people and give you blessings of Abraham to you and that your seed with you that you may inherit within the land where you are a stranger, which Elohim gave to Abraham. And then Yitzhak sent away his son, Yaakov, and he went to Padan Aram unto Levon, son of Bethuel, Aramli, brother of Rivka, Yaakov and Esau's mother. Okay, she had two nations fighting within her. But I'm starting to wonder, how can you claim to be Jacob, but yet you are fighting to hold on to the strange women just like Esau and it's causing the parents grief. This is amazing to me. Okay. Look at this, you know, and I'm going to go over, I wanted to go into like one final verse. Uh, and this was from Jubilees. So give me just one second where I like the fact that, um, <clears throat> Rebecca puts her own little take on this. So Jubilees 25 and 1. And the second year of this week of Jubilee, Rebecca called Yaakov, her son, and spoke to him saying, My son, do not take you a woman of the daughters of Canaan as Esau, your brother, who took him two women of the daughters of Canaan. And they have embittered my soul with all their unclean deeds for all their deeds are fornication and lust. And there's no righteousness within them for their deeds are evil, evil. And I, my son, love you exceedingly. And my heart, my affection bless you every hour of the day. 
and watch of the night. And now my son, hearken unto my voice, do the will of your mother. Did not take you a woman of these daughters of the land, but only of the house of my father and of my kindred. You shall take you a woman of the house of my father. El Elyon will bless you and your children shall be righteous, will be a righteous generation and a holy seed. Okay, and that's what Rebecca had to say about it because she came from Abraham's house. We all come from the same house. But instead, again, what makes you any different than Esau choosing the Canaanite women, bringing them into the house and swearing that you could work with them? Something to think about anyway. This was a blessing. I wanted to go over one quick note. Got a, a quick message from our sister Nitya for all of us to be on the lookout for uh, as it pertained to something that was coming up on YouTube. So let me quickly go over that information with you and then we are headed out. But either way, I'm still going to put that information into our um, box where she is saying here to please share and you might hear a little bit of it in the background. I'm hoping that you don't, that lady is very loud. If you see this message, the government is sending honey traps, which are female civilian agents to infiltrate or destroy men's lives. <laughs> please take a listen to this. I would think that they would have better things to do with their money, but maybe not. All right then. It's been a pleasure spending some time with you all and you take care of yourselves. Be blessed until the next time.